What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the 440 Guitar Podcast. I am your host, Jarrell Powell. Thank you so much for tuning up. You can catch the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anchor.fm forward slash 440. I believe if you still go there, it'll still take you to the right site. They kind of rebranded their stuff for Spotify for podcasters or whatever the case may be, but the URL should still take you to the podcast. Um, be sure to follow the podcast on Instagram as well at the 440 Guitar Podcast. And uh, if you have a question, uh, you can send me an email at the 440 podcast at gmail.com. And I think you can still leave me a voicemail on that 440, uh, the anchor.fm forward slash 440. So if you're not able to fall fails, you can definitely send me an email uh, again at the 440 podcast at gmail.com. And today I have a very special guest. Really excited to speak to this artist uh, just to give you a little bit of uh, information here. Uh, uh, this is from the band. Uh, I should I should have asked how you pronounce it. I want to say it's Genies, uh, an electrifying uh, '70s influence alt rock power trio, uh, releasing their debut EP "Can't See the Sun" July 14th via Mule Kick Records, uh, and then also says heads up Southern California release parties on July 8th, 8 p.m. at South Bay Customs in El Segundo. I'm not sure if that's public, but we'll will we'll probably correct me on that after I introduce you. Uh, but uh, but he's a the band is fronted by 19-year-old Sean Howe. Uh, Howe has a colossal sound and technical delivery of a player well beyond his years. Uh, he's joined on the record by uh, Elliot uh, Larango on bass and uh, Ethan Maxwell on drums, making this band uh, uh, a, gr- a great one to contend with. Uh, the 440 Guitar Podcast is excited to have uh, Sean Howe on the show. How you doing, man? Doing good. Thanks for having me, man. Of course. Of course. My, my pleasure. Um so man, tell me about uh, what's been going on this week. You got some gigs coming up. Tell me a little bit about what's happening in the music world as you guys are ready to roll out this uh, new EP. Yeah, so you know, just trying to get um, as many gigs as we can. Um, you know, we we played, uh, we debuted at the Mint uh, a couple of weeks ago, which is great. Uh, we had a blast, and uh, I don't think it could have gone better. Actually, it was a, uh, it was really. Um, um you know it was a good great um uh you know like lineup of bands and it was kind of nerve-wracking because we were the first band but i think we had like one of the best crowds which is really awesome Um, what was the venue again the mint Oh, uh, okay okay yeah Yeah. it's it's funny how some of these venues man they're like oh let me just let's just have this band go first get the fuck out of here (laughs) and then when you're good you're they're like oh my gosh this is a good band (laughs) right well i mean i i hope i think we play pretty well uh yeah but i mean the turnout was awesome man it was like uh one of the best i've ever experienced i think part of that had to do with um my live band uh who has uh pax oslander on bass and uh, Axel Pearson on drums oh, at cool. the moment. So um, Elliot Larango and Ethan Maxwell were both like, uh, you know, studio musicians that I had just come in to record the record. And then unfortunately I couldn't have them as a, as a live group. So I had to get different guys. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's been good. I mean, you know, just uh, trying to keep putting ourselves out there. And um, I mean, we have this gig coming up on the 24th at the Santa Monica pier which we're going to start prepping for. I think we got to add a couple more songs to our set, but it should be good. Um, and then this whole, you know, releasing the singles, getting ready to release the, the whole record. I mean, it's, yeah, a lot of uh, big stuff coming up for sure. Really looking forward to it. Very cool. Very cool. Well, definitely a lot to pick your brain because what you just mentioned there definitely interests me as far as just kind of, 
just like how you feel about the music that you're making and whatnot. So it seems like you you very much have a plan in place on the things that you're that you're mapping out and doing. So really excited to, to speak with you here. So, uh, so on the 440 Guitar Podcast, uh, we start typically with a question uh, that is probably one that might give you a couple seconds to think about. But tell me about your earliest memory of music. Sure. Um, uh, let's see. I, I think. Um... I think my earliest memory uh probably be like you know uh of music it'd probably be you know <laughs> you know just me in my living room listening to bob marley or something as a toddler you know or the beatles or you know um and just kind of you know not uh being aware of what i was hearing but i think that was the you know one of the more um important periods of my uh life and how it shaped my musical taste because it was like unconscious and it was you know um i was absorbing it un unconsciously and i realized that uh as i got older like a lot of the stuff i heard when i was around that age or you know a little bit older in that little age gap i i didn't really uh stray far from it you know as like taste and um and genres and you know like time periods decades you know 60s 70s uh you know all the way through the 90s and stuff like that i mean i i don't really i'm not crazy about um a lot of modern music in general to be honest with you but yeah i think a, that period you know when i was younger uh yeah for sure shaped my musical taste so yeah i'd say my earliest musical memory would be like yeah just being three four years old just like dancing to you know just chilling out to some bob marley or in the whalers and stuff and like you know whatever whatever it was nice was there a lot of music played in the in the house when you grew up yeah for sure for sure yeah um i just yeah i just grew up hearing my parents records you know just like all kinds of stuff you know ranging from you know like classic rock stuff of course to like you know blues artists like great guitar players like uh you know jeff beck or steve ray vaughn and then going to like even you know some motown stuff you know like marvin gay and uh uh temptations i guess and yeah i mean there's so many so many great Definitely. artists like yeah Absolutely. grew up listening to and then yeah. I, I was reading i was reading your bio it said that your 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 dad played guitar is that right yeah yeah um Unfortunately, I don't think he's like super into it anymore, but um, he, you know, he was kind of the guy who got me into it. I think he was really my first inspiration uh, getting into it when I was a kid. And uh, yeah, he just kind of showed me everything he knew. I think he was pretty much self-taught uh, as well. So he just kind of, you know, he had like the basics down, like basic chord uh, structure and like, you know, a little bit of uh, improvisational stuff he, he kind of gifted to me when I was younger and kind of picking it up. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I just kind of took it from there, I'd say. And then, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, the whole journey from there has just been, you know, pretty crazy. Yeah, definitely. And then as far as like, uh, you know, you know, learning an instrument is one thing, but learning and then being like a singer songwriter is definitely another kind of dimension in a sense. So what, what were some of, um, what were some of your uh inspirations from a singing songwriting perspective yeah um well let's see i mean 
It's funny. I didn't really get into uh, the singing songwriting thing necessarily until uh, more recently, like maybe three or four years ago. Okay. Um, yeah. From like, you know, since I was a kid, I kind of just wanted to be a guitar player, you know? Um, and I, I remember I had slight interest in writing songs and stuff, but it was never consistent. You know, I could never mm. like, you know, it was just like whenever I was inspired, I could rarely come up with a song, you know? um by myself and i would bring it to one of my bands or something uh but more recently I, i'd say i think i really got into um well my basic my biggest inspirations is like a singer songwriter i'd probably say like chris cornell oh, nice. um i mean i know he was like you know the front man of soundgarden and everything and you mm -hmm. know I, I love all that stuff you know it's, that stuff is just you know fucking unbelievable yeah um but like if you i don't know if you've ever gotten into like some of his solo stuff um i just remember i got into that kind of like towards uh maybe a little bit before the pandemic definitely at the beginning and throughout and i just I just fell in love with it man i was just like oh my god this guy's unbelievable i mean like a true yeah. genius you know not only did he have all that you know great just just the the voice and the power and i mean there's still great songs that he brought to uh soundgarden but even afterwards i mean he just continued to make great stuff like whether it was a solo thing or audio slave uh yeah that's which, kind of that's when i it stuck with me with with him because radio yeah. machine is my favorite band so once i heard like oh he's gonna be an audience i'm like what and then yeah, i yeah. just you know bought a few of the, the, those albums and yeah, yeah vocal range is like unprecedented just like holy crap this yeah. guy can belt you know and long mm -hmm. being an amazing songwriter too you know so yeah, yeah absolutely i definitely feel you on that i mean hell even he wrote some of the he, he wrote one of the best like james bond songs <laughs> you yeah, know for right? casino royale i was like so yeah. amazing <laughs> yeah no i mean he was just i mean there's so many yeah you can go from like you know everything almost everything from soundgarden to like um uh uh oh my god i can't remember his first uh his, his first solo album euphoria morning i'm pretty sure yeah mm. And like, I just, I, I listen to that record all the time. Uh, you know, when I, when I came upon it like a couple of years ago and, um, and then, you know, obviously one of the audio slave thing and a lot of that was just great, man. Uh, same thing, great songwriting and, you know, the, the, his voice, obviously and just like so much great stuff. And then afterwards too, I mean, you know, he still had a lot of, uh, you know, he just, he had a lot of stuff to bring to the table. I just, I went through a lot of it. Yeah. Um, over that period of time, the pandemic and stuff. Yeah. So I think, yeah, that was really, I mean, you know, yeah, one of the more, most inspiring things like seeing him do was like when he, especially when he would get older, um, I mean, him just being able to sit down uh, with an acoustic guitar and just sing completely stripped down, play like whatever, Soundgarden song or an audio slave song. It was just like, yeah, it was just unbelievable you know and really inspiring i'd say to me definitely um, yeah wow wow yeah that was a sad one when he passed that was oh, yeah, dude. that yeah. that that hurt you know like mm -hmm. it's there's like those there's those r's where you're like damn him too but then like you have like the you know the, the kurt cobains and you know mm -hmm. obviously they like the hendrixes and then like the cornell's like god damn that yeah. hurt. you know i think i think the saddest part about cornell passing was like uh it seemed you know a lot of artists from his generation had died early you know like 
Cobain and uh, like Lane Staley and uh, like a lot of other people, a lot of other people. And um, it seemed like I think, uh, well, at least, you know, I saw it as like, you know, he kind of made it out alive, you know, of that that situation, you know, with the drugs and the, mm -hmm. the depression and like, you know, whatever else was going on in that, you know, that period. Um, and then like for him to go out that way at that age when he, you know, he kind of seemed like he'd made it out to the other side. It was just like, oh, man, this yeah. is such a, yeah, Definitely yeah, a drag. really got to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, um, I wanted to talk to you about so your sound, um, you know, for the band genies, and then obviously, I, I, I um, let me start with uh, what, what, uh, as far as the name of the band, how did that come about, or the name of the group, the, the naming the group, how did that come about? Right, right, yeah. I mean, I, I should have uh, thought about a more more lies because i honestly can't tell you where i got the name from you know <laughs> appreciate the honesty yeah, yeah no, but, i mean it's better than uh trying to do something on the spot but i yeah man like i should have uh you know honestly i the truth is i wanted um i wanted something that that sounded good and that was memorable and simple and uh and i definitely don't think it's the most original name but uh you know i i wanted to yeah, I just wanted it to be as simple and as memorable as possible and something that I liked the sound of, you know, like, oh, yeah, uh, we're going to play with the genies tonight, you know, instead of like, oh, yeah, we're going to play with, uh, you know, King Tizard and the Lizard Wizard, you know, just like, I, <laughs> you know, I find I have a hard time remembering people's names enough, you know, and like other bands, you know, because we play with a lot of other bands and, um, you know, yeah, that's, that's mainly, that's, that's, only thing to it really just wanted it to be uh i just came to me unconsciously like i was going to bed or something and i remember i mean coming up with band names man is like i don't know if you've ever been in that situation or like yeah, tried to... it's <laughs> especially <laughs> with i mean coming yeah. with like the the it's funny because i like the process of naming art but when it involves other people it drives exactly. me crazy <laughs> mm -hmm. i'm like yeah. let's just name the goddamn song what's right. so hard about this <laughs> exactly man i mean it was it's like pulling teeth sometimes i mean and i remember um well the cool thing about this because it was more of a solo project um uh it, it was more i didn't really need the approval of other people um i mean i did want other people to like it and i remember i th i came up with a couple different names i think um and i pitched them to a couple people like close people uh to me like uh kp hawthorne the people who helped me make the record and gave me the opportunity um yeah. and you know like adrian uh isom you know those people i mean just yeah and i think they both liked it i think like coming up with the name of the record can't see the sun and you know like the genies can't see the sun i think it just kind of rolls off the tongue real nicely uh fortunately yeah the, i like the uh, you know it's funny the name of the the name of the group it reminds me of like a 60s 50s 60s band oh, you yeah. know what i mean like yeah so that's i wouldn't uh, be surprised man i wouldn't be surprised if they were there. <laughs> <laughs> you know oh play at the genius night you know it's just like it reminds yeah. me it, it, it almost is it almost is like a subconscious uh throwback to your interest you know to your interest yeah. in the music you know so when i was mm. like oh genies that's that sounds pretty retro it sounds pretty cool though you know um, thanks man yeah, yeah no problem um 
so yeah man i get tossed a bunch of different um just like uh every now and again so like some folks like hey do you want to interview this person or listen to this person's music and listening to your music there's there's a lot of interesting like um sounds that were reminiscent at least in my brain of, of like oh this is like this person sounds like this or this person sounds like this or the sound sounds like this um i feel like some songs are like uh that that i listen to of yours it's like it almost sounds like it's a, it, the, I can see the slight 70s inspiredness. And then I can even see the slight inspired, like maybe like 90s, early 2000s type of, of vibe mm-hmm. too. So, like, one of the songs, I was like, this reminds me of like Queens of the Stone Age made like a folk song. <laughs> you know, just like, like it still hits hard, but like you can really hear like the steel of the strings, you know, like playing. I was like, I kind of dig it. It's kind of cool, you know. And then um, some other ones definitely have like a slight grunge sound to it. But um, I mean, the the the, the mastering on the, the the songs that I listen to, I mean, they're great. Really like captures oh, the yeah. energy, you know. Mm-hmm. Really yeah. captures the energy. So as far as just like a, um. As far as like uh, the songs of like what they're about, like how do you, what's your writing process like? You know, is it one of those things where it's just kind of like a day in day out thing, or just whatever you're feeling? How do you how do you write these songs? Uh, well, that's a really good question, man. <laughs> because yeah, a lot of those songs came out, um, or the process of writing them came out differently. Um, mm-hmm. I'll tell you, like a lot of the songs. Uh, well, I'd say like I think about. There are two songs on there that are pretty old that I wrote maybe, uh, well, now. I mean, at the time, because we recorded that that EP like about a year ago now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd say I think I wrote those at least a couple of them, like maybe three years ago. And my process then was more, you know, it, well, it was pretty lazy, to be honest with you. It was like, uh, I mean, it was um, something I don't recommend to a lot of people are aspiring songwriters i mean well what do i i don't know i don't know i haven't had i've yet to have that much success yet but i mean the <laughs> way i mean i realize that i that the way i come up with the material now is a, i think a lot more uh productive and um you know it's more consistent but then it was more about you know just uh whenever i was inspired enough or being in the moment um which was great you know but like it, it just it just took longer and you know it wasn't very uh Mm. liable you know mm. uh but i think some i i've written some probably of my best songs through that i think it's just because it was like a really deep emotional connection you know um so i mean then versus now my process is more you know okay um i mean i remember as i think as i was starting to get the hang of it i i, I kind of developed a more quick uh way of putting them together so instead of like taking uh weeks or months to finish up something or finish up a couple songs it's more like you know i can i can basically write you know uh, a song or two in a month now which is not exactly like my you know set goal i wish I, i i could write more to be honest um but i'd say yeah now my process is more you know i mean still it's actually in a lot of ways it's pretty similar where you know i mean like i can come up with the riff if i can come up with like a decent idea for uh, a chord progression or a riff the melody will come pretty easily Mm. like if i'm feeling it and it's flowing pretty good the melody is probably going to fill in pretty well at the same time yeah so um it's not really like oh yeah i get the lyrics down first or i get the riff down first or i get the 
melody down. It's like it kind of all happens at once, you know. Uh, yeah. But I'd say definitely the lyrics kind of come in last, you know, because I'll you know I'll just say like random words and stuff, whatever that kind of fits the melody, and then you know I fix them up later and edit them up, uh, edit edit them up. Yeah. Um, but like, uh, yeah, as far as putting the, them together, I mean, you know, it kind of I think it averages around a couple days, you know. Maybe. I mean, I've I've written a lot of songs where I mean it's all in one sitting. You know, I can just like sit down, and something comes up, and uh, I just like I roll with it. You know, it takes me like an hour, uh, maybe less. You know what I mean? I just have like the basic thing. You know, and then maybe I edit it. You know, a little bit throughout uh, the next couple of weeks or months. But um, yeah, I th I'd say that's pretty much. That's kind of standard right now uh for me yeah right stuff yeah yeah that's yeah that's that's interesting because um i kind of share the same sentiment you know whether i'm um as far as when i'm if i'm writing uh if i'm writing like a verse or something um there's these folks uh it's a musical group called dbl uh from baltimore you know and i'll 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 add a verse or something to a song if he passes me a you know a, a beat or a song whatever and he did his verse and it tends to take me it, it's there's some songs where there's some there's some verses where it's taken me a couple of days you know because some people yeah. write really fast you know and mm -hmm. um, for sure you know there's folks like nas were like i guess they think it'll take a long time to write write his verses versus like the game who yeah. writes really quickly but i know for me like sometimes it, it just takes like certain inspirations you know where mm -hmm. it's like okay I have a concept now, you know, um, my friend Dominic Paramo, he writes really fast, you know, for a lot of his songs. He's, he's like, uh, he's like a young Bob Dylan or something. He just writes a bunch of songs, you know, uh, he's, he's like over, is over, I think he probably has a thousand songs by now, but for me, like it takes, it takes a, it takes a little bit, it takes a little yeah, bit, no, you know, no, I'm, I'm just I'm, like, I don't know what I want to yeah. say. It's give me a minute. <laughs> yeah, I'm absolutely with you, man. I'm yeah. totally with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah um i think what's impressive too is that you know the the energy from the energy from it seems like the energy from the lyrics really tend to transpire uh at least with the studio folks that you chose um it seemed like they really uh were able to understand your direction in the songs you know as far as that recording process for the ep i mean how was that how was that experience like because you're 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 taking all new folks for the studio um making that music was it something that you know they had to kind of capture like the vision or the concept of what you were going for or did it seem to be pretty free-flowing that was actually the amazing thing about it was it seemed like it just all you know i sent demos in i think i sent about like uh 10 or 12 demos uh to kp hawthorne and steve burns so they both um kp hawthorne and uh steve burns they produced it and then um i think uh steve also like you know engineered it and really you know brought it all together and then um uh yeah i mean i sent them got how many demos and they were like cool you know just pick your best five and uh kind of you know, sort them out with your because uh, Ethan Maxwell was a friend of mine and um, mm. we played on drums and we I just brought them all to him and we came up with like drum parts and then we didn't even rehearse with uh, Elliot at all, which was really crazy. I mean, he was like, he was totally the shit, man. I've never worked with a session player before, but I mean, totally professional, had all the charts. Uh, and I mean, it was like if I, you know, um, needed to make little edits here and there, it was like, 
just wrote it down on his paper and like, bam, mm. done. And then he just had it. It was like, you know, didn't need to worry about him at all, you know. And wow. it just all came together really smoothly. And then my main concern I remember was, uh, yeah, like the production, you know. I mean, just how the sound was going to come about, you know, talking to Steve. Um, and I mean, that guy, I mean, he was just... I think he was just brilliant, man. I mean, I don't, you know, he really just, uh, you know, I, I told, I did, I remember telling him, you know, um, I think I I probably had a couple conversations with him about like tape versus digital recordings because I'm a big, you know, I think it's pretty clear. I'm not really, you know, the the modern, more modern sounds and stuff, you know, music. (laughs) Um, I think it's just because I think a lot of it can be done better or I, I don't know, maybe it's just like my cert, you know, my specific taste. Um, but I, I remember, you know, talking to him about like, yeah, man, I, you know, I, I, I've always wanted to record on tape, you know, just to get the old school sound and not have to deal with like the harshness of, uh, the digital touch or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, because I just like it better, you know, I just like it, just the analog tone character. Yeah. yeah, And it's just, you know, and it's more, it's also more um, limiting, but I think in a good way, uh, honestly, because I think it's more, you you put more effort and emotion into each take instead of taking them all for granted because you could always come back and, you know, edit it and do all this other shit. You know what I mean? It's like, so, um, but I, you know, obviously we didn't do it on tape. Um, but I remember giving him that idea. I think that was probably the most, uh, you know, like detailed I was about the kind of sound I wanted, like the analog and the warmth. Uh, and you know, I mean, he just did his thing, and I, you know, he put, uh, I, you know, I'm not a pr- producer, and I don't know exactly what he did. Um, but I mean, I know he had like he had pretty good gear. Like I played through like a, a, a Marshall stack and he had like some AC thirties and I was like, yeah, this is good. You know what I mean? Um, nice. and you know, I mean, yeah, I just, as far as like, um, you know, how it all came together was pretty, pretty smooth, man. It was like, I think he got to, uh, the closest of a sound that I could have possibly wanted or heard in my head. You know what I mean? I mean, nice. it was, yeah. And I'd love to work with them again. Yeah. I mean, it was just, yeah. Yeah, it was magical, I think. You know, it was, uh, um, yeah. I'd love to do it again sometime. Tell me about some of your gear, or some of your favorite gear, as far as like guitar. Uh, you know, your your uh, your golden uh, guitar that you tend to use, or your favorite one, and then maybe this is as far as like the amp you prefer and some pedals. Yeah. Um. So. Uh. Well, right now at the moment, I'm. Oh, I've always been a Strat guy, like a hundred percent. You know. I mean, I. You know, I. I dig. Whatever, Les Pauls, like anything, you know. But I just kind of. I think it's just kind of how I grew up, like. To the players, I, I was listening to a lot of players who played Strats, you know, like Henrik yeah. and SRV and Jeff Beck and, I mean, you know, so many other guys. And um, and it, it was always, it always just feels like home when I pick up a Strat, you know. I think it's just more of a, a personal thing, you know, personal yeah. connection. Um, 
and you know i uh i remember getting into like van halen and um you know trying to develop a more thicker tone you know so i did that classic thing that everybody does now but when van halen did it, it was so like revolutionary where he put a humbucker in the bridge position right got rid of that single coil and um i ended up doing that on i think like two of my strats um which are nothing special really i think one of them is like a 94 you know just like standard mexican strat um and the other one's pretty you know new it's like 2010 or something um, but as far as like, you know, pedals and, and uh, amps and stuff, I mean, I've played through uh, an AC-15 for years. I mean, mm. uh, that little 15-watt Vox can get you, you know, pretty far, I think, you know, especially if you're younger and you're playing a lot of like shitty bars and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, and I just really, I remember uh, it was, I felt pretty, you know, for a while I really like, hated that amp man because it was kind of not it was really hard to get the tone that i wanted but mm. i was also trying to like i was also still figuring out how to you know like develop tone and eq it and sure. you know, i didn't know what i was doing i was just fucking around right uh but i i managed to i i managed to make it work um and i mean you know just as far as pedals i mean i use um ps9 a tube screamer i mean I've, i don't think i've ever used a different distortion pedal uh i mean yeah it's never really failed me um i mean i know it's nothing like you know special but i mean you know does what uh does exactly what i needed to do yeah most of the time you know um and then like i love i'll tell you what you hear a lot on the record is uh flanger you hear a lot of flange really okay that's like one of that's become a lot of uh or that's i think it's become like pretty um like a pretty, you know, significant part of my sound now or my tone anyways. I mean, I just love I mean, if I've messed around with chorus pedals forever, and I love I still use them. I still I mean, there's there's chorus on the album too, uh on the guitar anyways. Um but like as far as flangers, I mean, uh I remember hearing like uh you know, um uh Van Halen crap i can't why can't i remember any of the the records (laughs) uh you know uh the one with uh mean street and um you know unchained and you know well anyway i heard unchained (laughs) off that record right and i was like you know van halen had he was known for his phase 90 and you know his flanger and the way he used it and uh i loved i just loved that riff man like when he would play the open d on unchained and he would throw the flanger on just for that just Mm. for the open d and then go back to the chords and i was just like oh that's i gotta get one of those right i remember (laughs) asking my dad because my birthday was coming up and i was like this is this is what i want you know just i I remember i didn't i didn't know anything about flange pedals or anything so i was like just get me um yeah just get me any flange pedal except for the the evh signature Mm. flanger because you know for some reason i i thought that um you know, it's kind of lame to have other people's signature it's stuff. Like a you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm not trying to be this guy. I just, you right. know, I, I'm inspired by the scent. I want to, you know, um, and I, I remember, you know, it was my birthday, and I opened up the the thing, and I was like, oh, this feels like a pedal. And I swear to God, it was literally the the exact uh, signature pedal that I had. You're like, I'm not playing my games. I literally don't want that one. <laughs> I was literally, I mean, 
I had no idea what I was asking for either. I was just like, just give me any 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 flange pedal, but this one, but <laughs> this signature. Anyway, but it ended up being like, you know, what one of my favorite pedals that I own now. I mean, it's basically the difference between that one and a normal MXR flanger is that it's just got well, obviously it's got the design, but um, it's just got like a a, a preset. It's like his special, you know flange setting so if you just mm. press the button it's like damn there you go that's that's van halen you van know what halen i mean sound. like the van halen flange tone or whatever and i remember i just like couldn't get enough of that <laughs> i just couldn't stop like you know and then i and then over time i started uh eventually like dialing in you know figuring out what the each you know uh knob did and i was just like you know um and i got some pretty good tones out of it and i ended up using it similarly to like a chorus pedal mm um and i just found it had you know from the stuff that i owned it had a lot more versatility in comparison um and you know i mean i could just get so many different crazy sounds and tones out of it and it was just you know it really helped develop my i think my sound and my tone as a guitar player you know um yeah. so i mean you can hear a lot of the those weird noises like those or whatever those crazy like build-ups that you're hearing from a guitar on this record comes from uh yeah my my eddie van halen signature <laughs> that's cool man. Uh, mixed our flanger man yeah i feel like i feel like uh, the flange is like a forgotten modulation i feel like not a whole, not a whole lot of people use flanger today like it's yeah. like everyone uses chorus yeah and I kind of just chose phaser because it was like in the middle of the road, <laughs> you know. It was like it wasn't too like, oh, and then it wasn't too like, brah, like the like the flanger. So I was like, oh, I'll do the, I'll do the, uh, I'll do the the phaser. So yeah, I think it's a phaser ninety five. I have. Yeah, I was gonna say the the phaser is a real real popular one still. Mm. I mean, I see almost every guitar player. I, I I see you know whatever's on their board, they usually have something phase ninety or yeah. signature Eddie Van Halen pill. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> even like because I remember Tom Morello like even was showing off his board, and I'm like, "You have a phaser? What do you use a phaser? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "What do you use a phaser? It's a phaser?" But I think sure enough, there's one song where he used a phaser. I was like, "Oh god damn! I had no idea." You know? Yeah. So, but uh, but kudos to you and the flanger, man. <laughs> Thanks, man. No, I love it, man. I and I'm totally with you. I think it's super underrated, and I I don't. Yeah, I just I'm like, it's so great. It's really great. I mean, I'd recommend anybody that that mxr uh style flanger i mean it's just like you know uh i i mean i've never really messed around with any other ones so i don't really have a frame of reference but yeah. um i mean the sounds and the tone and i mean it it can do a lot man you Definitely. know besides like a chorus effect or i mean it just like really brings out you know the warmth and a lot of what i was searching for you know uh so many for so many years you know yeah so yeah nice. i mean it, it sounds like you use um as far as just like distortion i know there isn't like a whole lot of distortion in the sound it seems like it's a kind of a mix between the amp really pushing the gain and kind of hitting that you know uh the the, the tube screamer hitting it you know um <laughs> versus just getting like a distortion or like an additional overdrive pedal it seems like you, you kind of have the amp do a lot of the work as far as just kind of pushing that sound a bit Definitely, yeah. I mean, you know, the the other thing about how we recorded this, uh, the record was, I mean, you know, we we recorded the whole thing in about three days, and um, so we were kind of like, you know, I 
I wasn't gonna since it was my my first record and everything. I I wasn't gonna you know like give these guys too much shit. I was just gonna let them <laughs> do their thing, and I was gonna listen to whatever you know, like right. whatever they were telling me to do. I was just gonna roll with it, you know. So with uh, Steve Burns and his gear and you know his amps and stuff, the stuff that we used. Um, I mean, I honestly couldn't tell you a lot of what he did exactly. Um, as far as getting the tone going and everything, um, I mean, it, it really had a lot to do with, yeah, like you said, I think just the amps in general, just going straight in. I mean, obviously we used certain, uh, certain effects. It wasn't completely straight in, but a lot of the tone definitely came from, uh, the amps themselves instead of, you know, a lot of other, you know, crap in the way right. the signal chain, you know? And were you, were you mic'd up? I'm assuming. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Was it just uh, sure. uh, the standard uh, 57 or what would you have Mike in you? Oh, uh, I don't know, actually. I'm, oh, really? I don't know okay. exactly what Mike, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, I mean, um, we just had him, yeah, just pretty standard, you know, just in a different. Uh, I didn't actually, that was the thing. I, I the, We had the amps in a separate room. I think that's actually pretty standard. You have them oh, in okay. a separate yeah. room. You know the the head and the cabinets and everything, and I was just in the control room, just playing straight through. You know, um, yes. and then you know adding little little things here and there with like uh, certain pedals that I had. But yeah, a lot of it came just from you know the amps, the majority yes. of the sound. Yeah, that's cool. And then if it's in you know if, if it's in like in a, say an empty room or whatnot too, then you're getting that reverberation and it's gonna right. be pretty big ass sound too. So yep. That's- that's cool yeah i know like yeah, black keys actually, they had uh what was it i think one of the albums they had amps in the hallway and shit of a house <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> yeah no no i that actually makes a lot of sense i mean yeah we were uh yeah that was that was basically how it was it was just an empty i think the only thing that was in there uh or the only other thing besides like a couple other amps were uh was like a you know the kit that was kind of the drum room too, but we didn't. We recorded the drums, and uh, it wasn't exactly a live recording. Um, it was like you know, drums and the bass first, and I would just do scratch, scratch tracks, and then uh, I think it was the second day. It was just all guitars, and then yeah, third day all vocals and you know double tracking all that kind of stuff. Nice. So I mean, yeah, I think that I think that's a good point. What you said, like uh, just being in a having the the cabinets and the, the heads like in a uh, relatively empty room and just cranking them i mean that must have yeah that must really uh yeah added to the huge sound that you hear definitely on the album i had two questions for you uh two last questions i should say but one of them was as far as like your live sound so since you guys are a trio you know it, a lot of big shoes to fill as far as really bigging up that sound on your end as a as a guitarist you know um <laughs> Does, is it just kind of like you just crank it up the amp, you know, when you're playing live, or uh, <laughs> uh, double stack it on pedals? What's the what's the trick? I think I think you pretty much yeah got it. I mean, it's just yeah cranking up the amps when I can, you know. I mean, um, you know, you don't want to be obviously like blaringly, you know, loud and just yeah. you know annoying. I mean, because that's how I've played for most of my you know career or whatever just you know always being like oh turn down turn turn down it's fucking loud man you know like with an ac15 but now my i i forgot to mention i just realized uh i've i've recently acquired a uh um a marshall 210 
100 watt head Ooh. and my dad and i bought uh recently a 412 cabinet and we just oh, threw wow. in yeah and <laughs> we my dad he was like you know when we when we finally got that marshall and um the cab i mean we were just you know it's kind of trying to decide what what speakers to throw in there and i've always played with celestians and everything mm. but since this is like a 100 watt head uh, and the selections we have are like, you know, 25 watts and, yeah. you know, uh, I'd still love to maybe experiment with that. Um, mm. my, I remember my dad was just like, put some greenbacks you know, in there. <laughs> yeah, I know that's, yeah, exactly. I mean, I love greenbacks. Um, but yeah, I mean, my dad was just, uh, he was really getting into the, the gearhead thing, man. He was like, you know, <laughs> he be, became kind of, uh, obsessive about, like, uh, like, man, you know, we could throw these in there. We could throw, you know, just looking on Sweetwater or Amazon, <laughs> whatever, right? And we came up, uh, we found these these EVs or these EVMs. They're like 200 watts mm. that like Zach Wilde uses or something. Or I think he might use like the 300 watt ones or something crazy. Anyway, they're like 300 bucks oh, wow. uh, per speaker. Yeah. Damn. And I mean, we just, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, uh, you know, charge it. Let's I mean, do it. <laughs> yeah, let's let's fucking see what happens, right? I mean, so we threw it in the the four twelve, and um, I actually, um, well, what happened was we had a two twelve first that we just threw them in, and then um, you know, I think we just kind of decided, yeah, we should probably get a four twelve, you know, and then we bought two more speakers, threw those in there, and we debuted it at uh, the mint. Is actually what I brought wow, up earlier. I'm surprised the sound guy wasn't like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> you have no idea what I had to what I had to go through to bring oh, that man. thing or to play through that thing, man. I, I, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but um, I mean, no, dude. I mean, I had I, I probably only had it up a quarter of the way on the yeah. master, and um, <laughs> he had me he had me have the head on the side, like on top of a, a table or something, oh, so wow. I could. So I could angle the the cab like facing upwards, so it didn't completely fucking like last <laughs> the, the front row. Yeah, you know, the, the audience right in the face, right? <laughs> so uh, I mean, it was still great and it sounded great, uh, but yeah, I'm really I'm really looking forward to those minis, man, where I can just especially outside, bro. Up. Then you can just fucking yeah go oh, yeah. nuts you know what mm -hmm. i mean like that's that's really to me that's what those four those those four tolls are for really for oh, outside for performances sure, then you yeah, can yeah. just fucking go wild mm -hmm. <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah um oh, oh okay I have, I have one more question before my last one as far as just uh just for fun you know since you're a trio and there's so many amazing trio bands you know that we know of muse rush like mm. you know the list goes on do you have a favorite trio wolf mother do you have a favorite uh or old wolf mother i should say uh <laughs> from the first album uh yeah. but uh do you have a favorite trio rock band wow that's um i'd have to say yeah it'd have to be you know like might be rush yeah, I, I, you know, that's so that's funny. You bring that up because a lot of, um, uh, you know, like the influence from those modulation tones, like from a guitar player, like a lot of that influence came from me listening to Rush and listening to Alex Lifeson, mm. you know? Yeah. And, um, Under, I mean, I feel like he's still an underrated guitar player. Some of the stuff he well, was doing yeah. was like, what the, f what? For sure, man. <laughs> like, this no, guy's incredible. So. 
I totally think he's underrated, man. Uh, and I, you know, I remember, I think the first uh, album that I really got into of theirs was, I mean, it's technically, you could call it like a greatest hits, but it's um, Exit Stage Left, the live mm. album. And it's just them, you know, just playing their biggest songs. But the sound that they got from that live uh, concert, man, it's just unbelievable, man. It's just like, yeah. I honestly think, um, you know, I prefer the, the tone of that album uh over a lot of their studio session stuff which i love mm. you know i think it's great but i mean uh, it was it was so inspiring to hear that i was like wow this sounds like i almost prefer this these versions of these songs over the studio versions you know i mean Absolutely. i mean if you can do that uh, there's something you know magical obviously going on um yeah i remember hearing i mean like alex lifeson would do i mean i was i was just i remember hearing that uh cd like in the car you know with, with my dad or something i'm just being like what the fuck is he doing <laughs> How, does he have like three different flangers or something like yeah. he does so many crazy things and i mean uh it's just yeah it was mind-blowing to me when i first heard it uh and that was yeah. yeah i'd say that was another big inspiration to how i came up with uh or, or you know just developing my my tone and you know everything like that um so yeah i i think i'd have to say rush yeah yeah it's a good it's a, it's a great choice i mean some of their some of their changes just it's like okay what is we just like played something completely differently let's say we modulated and then we played something in like you know five four and then we went back to four four and then we did yeah. seven eight i'm like jesus christ you know and then it's really if you think about it it's it's pretty unbelievable how they were able to pull all that off i mean yeah. like not only you know was neil pert one of the greatest drummers of all time and like percussionists really i mean he's really just like a, an amazing percussionist you know with all the you know his whole kid you know just like the amazing stuff he was he was able to uh pull off but like um you know just looking at how getty lee was able to i mean just I don't, it was, it's just unbelievable it's almost like he's doing as much as what neil pert is doing you know like mm. with the 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 i don't want to say multitasking i think that's kind of the wrong word but i mean just being able to not only play some amazing bass lines and sing like i mean just you know obviously he's got an incredible voice but like you know the stuff with the the, the foot synths and yeah. like you know playing the the keys and stuff i mean just like unbelievable man how they were able to pull all that off you know definitely yeah definitely um my last question to you was you know obviously you're presenting you know this music in your ep um what is it that you want your your listener to get out of the album uh, well that's a good question i what would I want them to get out of the album? Um, I don't know. I, I think one thing I'll, I, I will say about uh, this EP, um, you know, as far as like, uh, you know, the sound of the group and everything like that, is I think, you know, when I when we picked those songs, you know, because we picked those five songs out of, you know, 10 or 12, however many, you know, others. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think they each um, are just a good kind of like, um, you know, 
uh, representation of, of what's to come or, and our abilities and our, our, our potential as a band and like where we can go and our diversity and everything. So I think, uh, well, I'd say if, if the listener, yeah, I, I'd say, you know, basically, you know, uh, if I, if I'd want one thing for the listener to get out of this EP, it's that, um, you know, we're not all about one sound, you know, mm -hmm. we're not, in a you know we're not putting ourselves in a box in a certain genre or subgenre you know we're yeah. willing and and able to evolve and um experiment and you know i mean there's so much more to come you know so awesome. much more potential and yeah just yeah everything you know awesome that's cool man well, Sean Howe, man, uh, it's been a great conversation, man. I appreciate you coming here on the on the show and uh, looking forward to your EP release, man. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Of course. It's good. My, ple my pleasure. Well, there you have it, folks. This is Jarrell Powell here on the 440 Guitar Podcast. We will jam again soon, and have a good day.